Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Connect with customers in-line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic and plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash nothing much, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash nothing much to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash nothing much. Welcome to Bedtime Stories for Everyone in which nothing much happens. You feel good, and then you fall asleep. I'm Catherine Nikolai. I create everything you hear on Nothing Much Happens. Audio engineering is by Bob Wittersheim. Tis the season for giving, and we are giving this week to Gleaners Community Food Bank here in Detroit. And if you are looking to give to folks in your life, our Premium Plus subscriptions are very giftable. And now they include our new daytime show, Stories from the Village of Nothing Much, ad-free and early. I am so excited about that show. Bob does some lovely sound design. And for those of you who never hear the stories because you are so well sleep trained, this show makes for such a nice companion on walks or on your commute. We've got links and info for all of this in the show notes, but check them out tomorrow. For now, it's time to sleep. And just by listening to the steady sound of my voice and the soft story I have for you, we'll get there. I'll tell the story twice, a little slower, the second time through. If you wake later in the night, you can turn a story right back on. Or sometimes it's enough just to think through any part of it that you can remember. This sleep training will improve with time. Give yourself a few weeks to really get the hang of it. Now, let's settle down for a long winter's nap. Get as comfortable as you can. The right pillow, the right position. And then let every muscle relax. The day is done. There is nothing to do now but sleep. Take a slow, deep breath 
in through your nose. And sigh through your mouth. Again, fill it up. And release. Good. Our story tonight is called The Tree Farm. And it's a story about one of the last trees of the season finding its home. It's also about steam from a thermos rising into the evening air. Memories tied to the fresh scent of pine. A good deed passed to a stranger. And the reminder that we are made of stars. The Tree Farm With just a week till Christmas, there hadn't been many customers coming down the long gravel two-track to the farm today. Most folks had their tree already, and while we might get a few stragglers here and there, some kringle-come-latelys, as we called them, we were wrapping up for the year in little ways all over the farm. Two of our three tractors that pulled trailers lined with hay bales, usually full of customers, out into the fields to find their trees, were now settled into the barn, swept clean, and tucked in for the rest of the winter. The last box of candy canes had been opened and hung on the branches of the giant tree in the shop. And we didn't anticipate needing any more this season. A few of our workers had taken their pay and their stocking from the long mantle, full of tips and treats, and wished us all a happy holiday and gotten on the road, headed home. There were just a few of us left as the sun came closer to setting and the night air turned cold. It had been a sunny day, and in the bright light, busy with loading trees into pickup trucks or onto car roofs, I'd shed my coat warmed as much by my efforts as by the merry mood around me. But now I pulled it back on and zipped it up to my nose. I found my hat in the pocket and drew it firmly over my ears. I wasn't ready to go home yet. The farm is really beautiful at night. Along the drive are strings of lights, draped on poles wrapped to look like candy canes. And near the barn and shop, everything is lit. Candles in every window, wreaths on every door. 
We have warming stations, heaters with their welcoming glow. All of it really cheerful and lovely, but my favorite spot was out in the open fields under the stars where the moonlight reflected on the snow. And the only sound was of the crunch of your boots and your own breath. It was my job each night to make one last round with the tractor through the fields, to make sure all of the customers had been collected no villager left behind. And now that I was better bundled, I set out. We had a half dozen fields that were ready for cutting, and many, many more planted for the future. It was a careful system, rotating the fields so that the soil could rest so that the trees would have time and space to grow. And as I rolled through them, I felt a deep peace settle into me. The night air was like peppermint in my nostrils, making me feel awake and attuned to the trees and the stars. I had read once that the minerals in our bones had been born in the belly of a star, light years away and ages ago. And when I rode through the fields at night and looked up, I did feel my place. I was a child of the universe, the same as the pine trees and the deer bedded down in their dens. I stopped on the edge of the Douglas firs, turned off the engine, and reached for my thermos. When I twisted off the top, steam, sweet and spicy, rose up and rippled in the air. I poured my hot cider, spiced with cinnamon, into the thermos mug and wrapped my hands around it. I leaned back in the tractor seat and propped my feet unprofessionally on the dash. For a few minutes, I just sat and sipped and listened, and looked. The sky was cloudless. There would be no snowfall tonight, and there was only the faintest bit of wind stirring the treetops. When I'd had that last sip of cider from my cup, I closed up my thermos and started the tractor to finish the loop back to the shop. Just as I came over 
the slight rise near the Nordman firs. I spotted a tree, cut and left behind near the trail. I clicked my tongue and shook my head. It doesn't happen often, but every once in a while, someone will cut a tree and change their mind. Spot a better one and leave the first behind. We ask our guests not to do this, but it happens. I stopped the tractor and jumped down. I stood the tree up on its cut end and looked at it. A perfectly handsome tree. Why anyone would have left it was beyond me. I loaded it onto the trailer and climbed back in. A few minutes later, I was turning in toward the barn when I spotted headlights coming slowly down the drive. I stepped down from the tractor and pulled my gloves on, going to meet them. The car stopped a few yards from the shop, and a man stepped out. He had a worried look about him, his hands crammed in his pockets. And he hurried to the shop door and found it locked. Hello, I called out to him. He turned toward me, shielding his eyes from the bright strings of Christmas lights. Hello, he called back. Looks like I've missed the, well, not the boat, but maybe the sleigh. I chuckled and strolled into the pool of light. Nearly, but as long as I'm here, I might be able to help. Need a tree? He sighed and smiled gratefully. Yes, I meant to make it out earlier, but work kept me late, and I just don't want to go home one more day without one. I'll take any tree you've got. Must be kismet. I just found an orphan tree in the field. I pulled the tree down from the trailer and stood it for him beside the baler. The piney scent was thick in the air, and I saw his face soften as he looked at it. That's just the kind we had when I was a kid. It smells just the same. Well then, I thought someone had left it behind, but now I guess they'd cut it for you. They must have known you'd be late and needed it. His eyes brimmed, and he bent his head, feeling around in his pockets for his wallet. The shop was closed, our register shut down for the day. And as he drew out a card, 
I reached for the baling twine to tie the tree to his roof. Ah, never mind, I said. Just pass it along, okay? Before the year is out. Deal? He helped me hoist the tree up onto his car and caught the edge of the twine as I tossed it. Deal. And Merry Christmas. The Tree Farm With just a week till Christmas, there hadn't been many customers coming down the long gravel two-track to the farm today. Most folks had their tree already. And while we might get a few stragglers here and there, some cringle-come-latelys, as we called them, we were wrapping up for the year in little ways all over the farm. Two of our three tractors that pulled trailers lined with hay bales, usually full of customers, out into the fields to find their trees, were now settled in the barn, swept clean and tucked in for the rest of the winter. The last box of candy canes had been opened and hung on the branches of the giant tree in the shop, and we didn't anticipate needing any more this season. A few of our workers had taken their pay and their stocking from the long mantle, full of tips and treats, and wished us all a happy holiday and gotten on the road headed home. There were just a few of us left as the sun came closer to setting, and the night air turned cold. It had been a sunny day, and in the bright light, busy with loading trees into pickup trucks or onto car roofs, I'd shed my coat, warmed as much by my efforts as by the merry mood around me. But now I pulled it back on and zipped it up to my nose. I found my hat in my pocket and drew it firmly over my ears. I wasn't ready to go home yet. The farm is really beautiful at night. Along the drive are strings of lights, draped on poles, wrapped to look like candy canes. And near the barn and shop 
everything is lit. Candles in every window, wreaths on every door. We have warming stations, heaters with their welcoming glow. All of it really cheerful and lovely. But my favorite spot was out in the open fields, under the stars, where the moonlight reflected on the snow, and the only sound was the crunch of your boots and your breath. It was my job each night to make one last round with the tractor through the fields to make sure all of the customers had been collected. No villager left behind. And now that I was better bundled, I set out. We had a half dozen fields that were ready for cutting, and many, many more planted for the future. It was a careful system, rotating the fields so that the soil could rest, so that the trees would have time and space to grow. And as I rolled through them, I felt a deep peace settle into me. The night air was like peppermint in my nostrils, making me feel awake and attuned to the trees and the stars. I had read once that the minerals in our bones had been born in the belly of a star. Light years away and ages ago. And when I rode through the fields at night and looked up, I did feel my place. I was a child of the universe, the same as the pine trees and the deer bedded down in their dens. I stopped on the edge of the Douglas firs, turned off the engine, and reached for my thermos. When I twisted off the top, steam, sweet and spicy, rose up and rippled in the air. I poured my hot cider, spiced with cinnamon, into the thermos mug and wrapped my hands around it. <laughs> 
I leaned back in the tractor seat and propped my feet unprofessionally on the dash. For a few minutes, I just sat and sipped and listened and looked. The sky was cloudless. There would be no snowfall tonight. And there was only the faintest bit of wind stirring the treetops. When I'd had the last sip of cider from my cup, I closed up my thermos and started the tractor to finish the loop back to the shop. Just as I came over the slight rise near the Nordman firs, I spotted a tree cut and left behind near the trail. I clicked my tongue and shook my head. It doesn't happen often, but every once in a while, someone will cut a tree and then change their mind, spot a better one, and leave the first behind. We ask our guests not to do this, but it happens. I stopped the tractor and jumped down. I stood the tree up on its cut end and looked at it. A perfectly handsome tree. Why anyone would have left it behind was beyond me. I loaded it onto the trailer and climbed back in. A few minutes later, I was turning in toward the barn when I spotted headlights coming slowly down the drive. I stepped down from the tractor and pulled my gloves on, going to meet them. The car stopped a few yards from the shop, and a man stepped out. He had a worried look about him, his hands crammed in his pockets, and he hurried to the shop door and found it locked. Hello, I called out to him. He turned toward me, shielding his eyes from the bright strings of Christmas lights. Hello, he called back. Looks like I've missed the, well, not the boat, but maybe the sleigh? I chuckled and strolled into the pool of light. Nearly, but as long as I'm here, 
I might be able to help. Need a tree? He sighed and smiled gratefully. Yes, I meant to make it out earlier. But work kept me late. And I just don't want to go home one more day without one. I'll take any tree you've got. Must be kismet. I just found an orphan tree in a lot. I pulled the tree down from the trailer and stood it for him beside the baler. The piney scent was thick in the air, and I saw his face soften as he looked at it. That's just the kind we had when I was a kid. It smells just the same. Well then, I thought someone had left it behind, but now I guess they'd cut it for you. They must have known you'd be late and that you needed it. His eyes brimmed, and he bent his head, feeling around in his pockets for his wallet. The shop was closed, our register shut down for the day. And as he drew out a card, I reached for the baling twine to tie the tree to his roof. Ah, oh, never mind, I said. Just pass it along before the year is out. Deal? He helped me hoist the tree up onto his car and caught the edge of the twine as I tossed it. Deal. And Merry Christmas. Sweet dreams.